All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. What an excellent day for an Welcome to another episode of Oh the Horror. I'm Rob Holmes, and I'm joined once again by Kelly Vigilante. Hey, Kelly, how's it going? Good. Happy to be here. Are you? Because we got a double feature of uh, snowman films, specifically Jack Frost and Jack Frost 2 Revenge of the Mutant Killer Snowman. I mean, who wouldn't be excited about that, right? Probably a lot of people. I know if you were talking to me circa 1997 and 2000, respectively, I would tell you these movies are trash and no one should ever get near them. But it's 2021, and that is a different... I'm. Um, it's a different story now, guys. Totally different story, because uh, life has changed me. Uh, Kelly, this was your first time seeing these, right? Yeah, yeah. I uh, I came for the Elizabeth, um, oh my God, Shannon Elizabeth, and stayed because you told me to watch the second one. Yeah, I did, I did. Uh, because they're not great movies, and they're not well-made movies. Um, they are both written and directed by Michael Cooney, so good for him for uh, making... Jack Frost and uh, Jack Frost 2. No, yeah. I'm not super familiar with Michael Cooney's work. Is there anything else that we'd recognize him from? Well, he's uh, he was born in the UK in 1967, from what I see, and he also directed a TV series documentary called Center Stage from 2007 to 2009. And oh. he wrote some stuff. He wrote Six Souls, which was like a movie that I don't really know anything about. Wait, he wrote Identity. Wow, really? Wait, this dude wrote Identity? He wrote he wrote the one with... The, I'm sorry. The guy who wrote Jack Frost and Jack Frost 2 wrote Identity, directed by James Mangold, starring John Cusack. I don't know Identity. I know John Cusack. Okay, that's about... It's basically... Um, People start getting killed off one by one. The whole Ten Little Indians uh, story. Mm-hmm. It's it's that. Wow. Okay, well that just mm, is weird now. Um, so yeah, what did, what would you say your overall thoughts on these films are? Uh, honestly, confusion. I'm still kind of processing whether I enjoyed them or not. Like it was funny. It was entertaining, but not like Nightmare Weekend and not like The Room. More like, I, as you said, like, are you afraid of the dark times 10? I, I don't know. I feel like the second one is it hits more of that. Like, I think yeah. I described to you, if I were to say, let's say the second one in a nutshell, mm-hmm. it is if the Disney Channel and Nickelodeon decided to team up with the Sci-Fi Channel to make a really bad horror movie circa, like, 1993. And it's really funny you say that, because in the second film, one of the characters says, no more sci-fi channel for you. Yup. I was like, whoa, this is too on the nose. Like, once they said that, I'm thinking to myself, did I? 
I hadn't seen the second one before. So mm. that's the that got me the first on this one. I was like, oh, okay. I'd seen the first one. I was like, this movie is trash. This was long ago. Um, my opinions of the first one haven't jumped a ton because there's still some really janky parts of the first one. And with the second one, I feel like they they kind of jumped the shark. You know, if there was ever a shark to jump, sure. Yeah. Well, okay. Let's say it was too much of a course correction. Mm, yeah. So, yeah. I just like when I think of the phrase jump the shark, I think that the original was good. And I don't necessarily feel that way about. Oh, fair. Fair. Yeah. Jack Frost. <laughs> it's. Jack Frost 1 and 2 is essentially Gremlins and Gremlins 2. If you want to put yeah. them in how they are taken, the first one is about a small town. There is this small town vibe and mentality that you get with some of the characters, mm -hmm. but everything in that movie is exposition. In both of them, it's just expository information to further along the plot. Although I have to say, the way they set up the exposition in the second one... I enjoy a lot more than the way they did in the first one, like the opening scene. Oh, Jesus. Okay. So the opening of the first Jack Frost is, it's a story that's being told by this uncle to this girl, but the girl's voice is very creepy and fake childlike. Um, very, very weird and almost it's just it's too it's like it's it's definitely an adult trying to be a kid and trying way too hard and pretending that they everything is like puppy dogs and rainbows. And the second the uncle tells this super creepy story, which no uncle should ever tell anyone, um, she just keeps listening. She doesn't run away. And we get this weird backstory on the serial killer, Jack Frost, which I hear all this stuff, but I want to see that movie. Mm -hmm. And what else I wanted to see was the uncle and the little kid, because we never see them. We just hear the audio as we see like a Christmas tree and um, credits being written on ornaments about the people that actually help with the movie. Yeah, so that's that's pretty much it. Instead of your normal opening credits of just music, we get these disturbing voiceover stuff that's play, if played out of context mm -hmm. very very wrong even in this it's still just unsettling mm -hmm. and it kind of sets you up for something that is going to be a very mean-spirited type film now <clears throat> what's what's weird about this in particular was to me this felt like it was the beginning of these type of movies like uncle sam was another one where like it was like he wants you dead and it was some guy named sam who ended up becoming like a zombie or whatever and he did mm -hmm. the uncle sam motif and it seemed like they were going to go that route with a couple of these type of movies mm -hmm. holiday-esque themed mm. And then I remember they ended up going with this monster stuff where they made like Teenage Caveman and this like mermaid film uh, and all this other weird stuff instead. Mm -hmm. But it had that same janky half-baked feel to it. Mm -hmm. But this felt like one of the first ones. Yeah. I could see that. It had, it had Shannon Elizabeth. So like that was the big 
draw for anyone to see this movie. Otherwise, I don't think I think this would have been fully under the radar and you never would have gotten a sequel. No, I don't think anybody because you don't know anybody else who's in it. Not in the first one. No. Yeah. Yeah, it was Um, it was a lot, Um, you know, but um, what do you what do you want to go ahead and get into? Do we just want to lay out the structure or? uh, Yeah, I mean, we can just talk about the films, you know, let's just go into it. Okay. So yeah, why don't you take us through uh, the beginning a little bit of uh, of Jack Frost introduce us to this this guy before well, he becomes this. Well, I am going to fully admit I didn't take notes on this one because I didn't realize when you're going to be doing the recording to this till after I told you I just watched it. So if I remember correctly, um, they're just talking about how this guy's a murderer. He's on the run, and we open up in I think the the back of the police truck, if I'm not mistaken, and we've got yeah, this homicidal yeah. killer. And this cop talking, and he's got crazy eyes and a crazy voice. And then the people from the front of the truck check in on the people in the back of the truck, and he has overwhelmed the police officer he's with. Yeah, because he wanted a cigarette and then said, all I wanted was a smoke officer, and then breaks his neck. I I like the way that this little introduction scene is. It's very cheesy. Mm-hmm. But it's very stylized, mm-hmm. and I think it's so dumb watching these two dudes try and look at the road that's just covered. It's so much snow's coming down. You can see they're barely able to look out this window, and this guy is giving this whole detailed backstory on Jack Frost to the new guy who doesn't know. It's every trope right in the beginning, even with these hammy one-liners. Mm-hmm. And obviously, on a night like this, there's bound to be trucks maybe going in the opposite direction. And uh, there is a tanker trailer full of a a special chemical. And they crash. And it seems like a few people are dead. Uh, I was seeing people breathing and moving still. So I was like, I don't know if these characters are actually dead or bad actors. Uh, One of them was definitely alive because he stands up there and and watches the event that happens. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then as he's watching him, uh, Jack Frost comes out and he's talking and threatening him and doing his crazy eyes and creepy voice. And as he's um, doing his monologue, this container on the side of the vehicle opens up and sprays him with this chemical. Yeah, it pops down. And as it opens up, he just looks at the camera and is like, this is going to hurt. And it hits him dead it's so 90s. It <laughs> hits him Evil Dead 2 style, like Ash getting sprayed uh, with the blood out of the wall, like almost to a T in the way they tried to style that shot. And you see this guy, the other guy looking at him, and you can tell that this dude has no idea what the hell he's supposed to be looking at because the driver who's watching Jack get sprayed with this and then start to melt down into a skeletal pile of goo Mm -hmm. and then go into the snow, watches this happen, and his only reaction is like, huh, wow, what? Whoa. (laughs) I honestly think those were the best special effects of the entire film. Easily, easily. And I I really wanted the movie to keep going in that route. Mm-hmm. And I actually really liked the guy. I liked the way the dude looked who was playing Jack Frost. He had yeah. a very unique look. 
He did, and he looked crazy. He looked like a killer, like someone you'd see on the street and be like, ooh, who do you have locked in your basement? We did the nice scar on his face, and it was really, yeah. really effective for the character. And we only get to see him as Jack a couple of more times in flashbacks. Yeah. And I'm so more I'm I'm much more interested in the flashbacks of who he was before yeah. than I am in any of what he's trying to do now. He was by far the most interesting character, and they, the way he looked was such a bonus, and they really could have done something with that, but instead they turned him into a snowman. Right, and that's – so So, uh, the problem with this is sometimes the snowman stuff looks cool from far away and when you see it moving, but anytime you see the hands, which are just these mitts, you you always know – that it's fake snow or whatever. And actually, anytime someone's touching snow, it's never snow. I'm like, guys, this looks like shredded coconut that you're trying to say is snow. Like, you see people packing this stuff on for uh, at, the, at Snowton. Is it Snowton or whatever? It is. I actually wrote it down because it amused me. It is Snowmonton, like Edmonton, Canada. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Amazing. Well, after this this pretty decent-ish opening scene, um, because the reactions are so terrible, it is laughable, where I'm like, this could be a really fun movie. Mm-hmm. And it, I had more fun with it than, now than I did when I was, like, two decades ago when I watched mm-hmm. it, where I was like, I want something that's either dead alive type humor, mm-hmm. or, and super gory, or a really solid slasher, and mm. this is neither of those. Well, the funny thing is, I feel like all of our expectations in the last couple of years have just gone down. Like, the bar has gone so down in the world that it doesn't take much to amuse me at this point. My standards are so low. Yet, you're still not sure how you feel about these movies. <laughs> That's what how bad does it that is. say about these movies? <laughs> oh, God. I think I think part of it is that there's now time that's between when these came out, right? I mean, we're talking 20, 1997, 24 years since the original Jack Frost mm-hmm. and 21 years since Jack Frost 2. Okay. I didn't know what year the second one came out in. So that's 2000. Okay. Yeah. So, well, you know, 20 to 21, depending on what month it came out, but still mm-hmm. so strange that it's been that long now. And when watching this, the first one, at least kind of looks like a real movie, like it's filmed yeah. on film. Mm-hmm. And I did appreciate that. And I kind of did like this opening scene where we're introduced to the main character, uh, Sam, who I guess is like the local, is he the sheriff? Mm-hmm. He's uh, a sheriff, there. yeah. Played by Christopher Allport, um, who also appears in the sequel. Now, mm. I think he his character is a little bland, but there's definitely more to him as we go through. Because at first mm-hmm. I'm like, is this just going to be your basic, really terrible actor who can't carry a movie? So Christopher Allport kind of reminds me of like Fred Willard. Mm. especially in the second one because of how he starts acting I'm watching this and I'm like dude you're like you're like uh like discount Fred Willard but a good discount Fred Willard he's endearing there's some charm mm. to his character 
um, and some charm to his acting. I don't think he's a bad actor. Like, I think for the part he was supposed to play, he was perfect. It's just, you know, the story's crap. The words are crap. That's not his fault. This is true. And actually, the thing about this is the actors aren't terrible. Like, mm-hmm. they're not bad actors for the most part. I mean, some of the actors aren't great. The kid who plays their son is atrocious, and I'm so glad he doesn't appear in the sequel because they just write him out immediately as, like, just not existing. This guy, Sam, has actually, he made the arrest on Jack Frost, this uncatchable killer he somehow was able to catch. And he hears that this thing has crashed and he's like, I need to know if Jack was killed or not. And they're like, dude, he, yeah, he's dead. He melted. Like he, he's gone. Well, next thing you know, he gets called into a murder scene where this guy is like an old dude is frozen to his chair. And I'm liking where we're going at this point because mm-hmm. it's, it's, I'm having fun with what they're doing. You see the chair rocking back and forth from that, POV almost as they're talking about this dead dude and then you see the one guy turn to the other and he's like dude stop rocking the chair he's like oh sorry because he's moving the rocking chair like the the dead dude's in and I'm like that's amazing I'm like who's sitting there (laughs) rocking this dude's rocking chair like this and then the dude just calls him out for even doing it so it's part of the joke that's in the movie and I'm like this is great Yeah, and I think at first they don't show they show Jack Frost a lot more in the second one. And the first one they don't. We mostly see it from Snowman POV. Which I gotta say I wasn't as into. I I don't know. I like being shown. I wasn't as into that. Well, I mean, remember in a lot of old slashers, we never would see the killer until the end, or if they had a mask, yeah. you'd see that. And it well, it's the serial killer POV. Yeah. Um in this, we don't get to see, we get a couple of interesting kills. We get a, um, this kid who bullies, uh, the like Billy or whatever all the time. Yeah. yeah. Or whatever. And was it Billy is the kid? I don't know if oh, he is or I don't not. Remember. He was annoying. I don't remember his he name. He was super annoying. And he kept like, he kept calling his son honey at the end of it. He's like, was, okay, okay, honey. So okay. That was weird too. Yeah, and I was like, call their son honey. I mean, this kid was, I don't know, he just seemed, he seemed like the type of kid that you're like, okay, hon, you know, that like sounds the kind terrible. that likes to eat micro machines. Yeah, yeah, this kid, <laughs> well, because the kid's weird. Remember, yeah. all right, he, he has this snowman, you know, which is Jack Frost, and he doesn't realize that Jack mm-hmm. Frost is there. Yeah. Um, and trying to come after this guy now because he wants revenge and he realizes he has magic powers and can turn into a snowman and liquefy whenever he wants to because that chemical he got into is, we'll get to it. It's special. Just like Alex Mack. Us, yeah, also Nickelodeon. Boom, <laughs> it ties together. Yeah. What if we had a serial killing snowman kind of like Alex Mack? But only if he wears work? the hat. Only if he wears oh, the same hat yeah. she does. Then I'm down. Instead, yeah, that would be good. I would totally be down for that. Um, but yeah, like, basically, this kid bullies this uh, this other kid. And Jack Frost does his one little, I forget what quip he says, and trips the kid. 
And uh, another kid's sledding because he's like, we're going to sled through your yard. And he's like, don't sled through my yard. I have stuff here and I'm playing. And he's like, man, whatever. Your snowman is dumb. And he kicks its head off or hits its head off. Mm-hmm. He's like, ha, ha, ha. And then the snowman's like, you took my head off. I'm tripping you, kid. And he trips him. And the kid who is going on his sled just runs right over this kid's head. And boom, he's dead. Yeah, I, I did think that was pretty hilarious. Like, these that kids were assholes, and they were really shitty bullies, too. Like, it I'm was amazing. Like yard. It was so good, though, because the kid's reaction was, I didn't do it. It wasn't me. Or something along those lines with a line delivery flatter than that. Yeah. And then just kept saying, the snowman did it. The snowman did it. Oh man, it's this movie's so good in the worst ways, but at the same time, it's trash. Oh, yeah, but that's something like I don't know. Of course, a kid would be traumatized or whatever, but a kid wants to stay out of trouble. So to me, it didn't seem that far fetched. Kids are assholes. Like, I don't care that he died, I don't want to get grounded. That's also true. But, yeah, nobody's believing the kid at first or anything like that. And it it starts to take uh, more and more murders for people to actually understand that Jack Frost is back. And really, it takes this guy, Agent Manners, um, and this other dude, the scientist guy, to show up. Stone, I guess, is the other guy, to show up to be like, hey, um, there's some crazy stuff going on. We kind of need to talk to you about mm-hmm. that chemical. Um, it kind of can bond with any sort of tissue and make it where people can live forever, essentially. He was like, Oh, well, your test subject was Jack Frost, the serial killer. So that sucks. And of course, like any 90s films, the scientists don't care about humanity, they care about the science. So they're like, Look, Protect him at all costs. We have to see how this chemical compound works. You know, yeah. and then Manners is over here taking toxic masculinity to the next level. You know, being the FBI guy that takes over the local policeman's, um, you know, observation. And just, I mean, trying to cuff him at every moment. But the actor takes it like three levels higher than it's supposed to be, I feel like. Oh, he's he uh, he takes it to like a whole nother level. He amps it up mm-hmm. to like an eleven. It's it's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, as we go through this film, you know, it's your traditional kind of slasher type film mm-hmm. where he takes people out one by one. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got some of your stereotypical characters, like the two deputies that are your comic relief. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got. Uh, Marla, who works at the station, who is part of your comic relief as well, where she's funny. I mean, she's great. She returns in the sequel with one of the deputies as well. Um, one of them gets run over by a car. The fat guy who gets traumatized and then somehow just gets in the way and almost gets violent? That was weird. Uh, which guy is this? It again? was the really fat guy that he saw one of the killings as was freaking out, and then Manners punches him in the face. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like the guy comes in freaking out, yeah, and Manners just like hits him and knocks him out, uh, to calm him down because apparently that's that's how it's done in the That FBI. was my favorite part of the entire movie, if I'm being honest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, crack me up. I mean. 
it's yeah and and then we get introduced to um shannon elizabeth and her boyfriend who mm-hmm. just keep uh, is it tommy i think it's tommy right oh i think that sounds right doesn't even matter it, it, really i mean doesn't. none of them really really do because Tommy's just trying to get laid the whole time, and uh, Jill, which is Shannon Elizabeth's character, mm-hmm. uh, is freaking out because her brother died. And then mm-hmm. she's like, I'm going out. I'm going over to Tommy's place, and we're going to go out tonight. Mm-hmm. But she's not and freaking that- out that much for having a brother just died. To be honest, she doesn't seem that affected. No one does in this movie. No one does in this movie because even the dude's like even the kid's dad, he doesn't even seem to care. Like Mr. Metzner is like, my son is dead. And he seems upset for like half a second, but he seems more angry like you knocked down my fence and I'm going to sue you for knocking down my fence. Mm -hmm. And the wife is like, I'm sorry, he's not normally like this. Like the, she's playing it as, oh my God, it, it's as, like. Yeah, as mild and meek as accommodating as, you know, as possible. Yeah. And <laughs> she's just like, oh, this is just, it's, it's an awful thing. And I'm like, your kid just got, got decapitated. Mm-hmm. But he kid. seems more upset that his daughter is going out. He's like, well, we have to protect her virtue. Fuck that our son just died. You know, Jill's right. virtue is the most important thing. But then even with, like, the the mom, she's just, she doesn't even seem to care. She's, like, trying to just appease the situation. Yeah, no, it's okay that he's dead, though, because, well, not like she doesn't say it's okay, but it, it almost seems like that. Mm-hmm. Um, because then, the you know, the, the dad, Mr. Metzner, goes outside and gets an axe down the throat. At some point where it's shoved all the way down. And what I love about this is every time the coroner is there to to check on stuff, like with the first one, he uh, the guy who froze, it's like, well, his neck is broken, but it seems like he may have been pushed back in a swift motion by someone maybe wearing a pair of, I don't know, large mittens. <laughs> That that just cracked me up when he talked about the mittens. Specificity. And that's what's great. Also, the the part I'm like, how would you have already found this out? Is well, when we we removed the axe, we noticed uh that it was forced down in one swift motion and wasn't pushed in and wedged down. So the the perpetrator had to have done this with immense immense strength and force in one move because all the lacerations are going directly down mm-hmm. how do you know man you're outside right now did you just slit this dude all the way open and just check it out and go yep the esophagus has, oh there we go there are all the lacerations in one direction like all of this is going towards mutant killer snowman where else could it be there i mean obviously man. Well, apparently, absolutely, it's it's just, everything is such a plot device, and that's, I mean, there is humor in it, because you can tell the person who wrote this script was like, oh, logic? I don't really, I don't care about that. 
oh, taking place in a real world with real laws? What are those? No, the only thing this person cared about who wrote this was one-liners. 90s glib, sarcastic one-liners and getting as many of them in as possible. Yeah. Yeah, this almost feels like someone played a lot of Duke Nukem back in the day. Mm. And wanted this guy to almost have that Duke Nukem-esque, like, one-liner approach. Like, very... almost And almost like a very, like, Chucky type approach, mm. you know? Yeah, because that's we're true. dealing Yeah, very yeah. child's play-esque. Well, it made me think of Chucky. I, so many things in this movie reminded me of other horror movies. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's Chucky. Oh, that's that. Um, one other thing that I thought was funny was, okay, so Shannon Elizabeth leaves the house, boyfriend Tommy. They meet up. Now, are they breaking into the mayor's house or the sheriff's house? I can't recall. They're going to have sex in the sheriff's house. Out of all the houses to do it in, that's the one you that's, that's where her brother got killed, so she's like... We're going to do this here because it goes against everything. And it's like, this is this is really dumb. You're doing something real dumb. Well, you and know, the only way to bring out this death is to, to have life. And what's more life bringing than sex? Well, the first thing you should do, obviously, is blow dry your hair for a long period of time. Mm. Then immediately get into a bath. Mm. Who does that? I don't know. It, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And she thinks that he made the bath for her and that it was sexy. When did he have time to do this? And also, He's that's down... not what she told him to do. She told him to make a fire. Yeah, she's like, make a fire and then get some wine. And we have that ice. And he puts the ice in there. And I was thinking, well, Jack Frost is in the ice. You drink it and he's going to destroy you. But it seemed like that might have been a bit of Jack Frost in there, the way they made it. Mm -hmm. So even if they destroy him, there's still the wine. Mm, that's a good point. We, I didn't think about that. We can that. get a third movie out of this. Ooh, can we talk no. about the longest strip scene and the history of strip scenes when they're trying to get out of their snowsuits? Oh, yeah. No, that took a long time. But they sped it up. There were strange scenes in this where they would be doing it and then they would do like fast cam. Yeah. I mean, it, it just felt like they were trying to, it felt kind of amateurish, you know, like they, they didn't know exactly what they were doing to try and get all this to work. Uh, and then, you know, right when we're about to get like the reveal scene, like some nudity, they're like, no. And that's when Shannon Elizabeth's like, you got to make me the fire and you got to go do this. And he's like, wait, what, 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 what just happened? So, you know, he ends up getting, uh, I actually got to say, his death is pretty pretty cool. There, there's a good moment in that uh, when the, it's basically Jack Frost shoots some icicles into him. I didn't well, one, of them, one of them goes through his head, and we get to see it stick out the other side. And then what's cool is you when you see it yanked out, you see part of his brain like pulsing through the door, the hole in the door, mm -hmm. for just a second. And it was stuff like that that I'm like, oh, this is a moment of awesome mm -hmm. hidden in this movie. Okay, so back to Shannon Elizabeth on her bath, right? So yeah. she's in her bath. She's hanging out. She's having a good old time. And then you see, like, it's starting to turn into frost, right? But before that, a la, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, you see a carrot rise just like Freddy's hand in that iconic bathtub scene. 
And then the whole bathtub starts to ice over and she starts to scream and freak out as one does. Yeah. Now, this this scene um, is kind of become infamous, I guess, for this movie uh, that in the original cut, like essentially, I guess he he rapes her to death in the bath and then like crushes her or whatever and slams her into the wall. That yep. wasn't what was supposed to happen. That was actually just done in editing. So the original plan was he crushes her and slams her against the wall or, you know, the back of the shower over and over. And in editing, they're like, you do realize the carrot's not on his face anymore. And we don't we don't see where it is. And it was in the bath and we saw it rise up there. And you know what this looks like. And they're like, oh, no, we have to refilm it. And they're like, no, nah, we can just put a couple one liners in it and make it an edit. And I'm like, oh, it's so cringy. Mm-hmm. I wanted I, like a cool death, like not this wasn't even a cool death. No, it was not cool at all. And while he's snowman raping her, you know, at the end, he says something like, well, I guess Christmas comes twice or, or something stupid. With oh, it came early like, this year. That's yeah. what it is. Came early this year. Thank you. But it was like, great. Yeah. So now we have a glib one liner about rape. I'm like, oh, oh, 90s. Oh, my. Yeah, which, you know, the sequel d- doesn't do any of that stuff. Um, I think they were like, yeah, this this just felt the scene in general just feels strange because mm-hmm. you see her bleeding out of her mouth. And that's where, to me, it seemed like in the original ideas that, yeah, he slams her against the wall and off mm-hmm. or he's like squeezing her and crushing her or whatever. Yeah. But it's still just how is that even effective? It doesn't seem effective. It's just like you're strategically trying to hide nudity in this in order to achieve a death that is subpar. Mm -hmm. And then you decide, well, let's in their minds, making the best out of a weird situation. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's not really. Mm -hmm. So it's just weird. It's just a weird scene. And there's so many things he could have done with that. Like they could have just frozen her to death. They could have, drowned her like out of all the things to do yeah i think freezing her actually would have been really cool and you could have just they kind of do that in the second where they permafrost he permafrost someone but it happens so quickly you don't really even oh, see it yeah, it's just the cool side lady yeah yeah I yeah and i think that's a cool concept that they could have gone with where she's in there up to her head and then like you just see her freeze and then her head like slides off or something and he could have done something disrespectful after that. She could have been frosted naked, so you get the nudity right. And then if he just honked a tit with his mitten and then chuckled and walked away, I would have found that so much more respectful than what happened, honestly. Well, it's not even, I mean, what even happened is just not even good. It's just like, yeah. it's it's just a blah moment in a movie where most people were watching this or renting this because they were yeah. like, Shannon Elizabeth's going to be naked, and she wasn't. So really, the biggest crime of this film is that. Well, maybe this was before Mr. Skin or Celebrity Skin or whatever existed, so they didn't know. Yeah, yeah. I I rented this movie because she was in American Pie, and this was a couple years after, because I was never going to watch this movie otherwise. And then I watched it, and I was like, I wasted time by watching this movie. Yeah. It was, yeah. You know, we uh, we then have the oh, actually, we got to their deaths, but the mom's death was weird. Oh yeah, 
Was that like, the one with the Christmas lights, or am I misremembering? Yes. Okay. That is okay. the one with the Christmas lights. There's mm-hmm. moments of that that are kind of fun and really dumb, mm-hmm. but the the and the effect I get what they're going for, but it felt very sloppy and it felt mm. very lazy. Like he's wrapping her in this light, but it doesn't feel like he's really wrapping her up. It feels like he's gently putting this thing around her and then like barely holding her there. I like the ornament in the mouth. uh, Oh, yeah, I like like that too. And then smashing the face in the ornaments and bringing that up. And I like that they showed it with more and more in there. Mm -hmm. A lot of the times they only do it once in a movie and then throw the character out. Mm -hmm. So there was something kind of to that that I thought was was kind of cool. And then having people show up and finding the body there in the tree, mm-hmm. I thought was cool. And then you cut to the cops there. And he's like, yeah, I just came in here for this and found found all all these bodies. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was, yeah. And then the other guy just runs in. And that's when he gets knocked out because he's run around how he found all the bodies there. And Manners mm-hmm. just like knocks him out. There was some really cool stuff with that. And this is where the film is actually feeling like a funny slasher. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things I like the most about her death and the ornament thing is when they kept bringing her up and then down. It reminded me of water torture that you see in a lot of movies, but with ornaments. So I kind of enjoyed that. (laughs) See, to me, every time you saw her face in it, you could tell it was like, a, a dummy or a prop or whatever because it had no weight to it. It was yeah. just like flopping around <laughs> left and right. And I'm like, is that even her? I don't even know. I didn't even but know. <laughs> it was just really goofy and stupid. But yeah. then we have some deaths like when the cop gets run over by Jack mm-hmm. when he's standing there with the stop sign and then goes into the car and runs him over. Mm-hmm. I was expecting there to be some like really goofy gore or something mm-hmm. if he just like ran over or whatever. Yeah. You don't really get that. Mm-mm. And that's that's kind of what happens with this movie in mm-hmm. general is that it feels like half measures. Yeah. Like even with the whole Shannon Elizabeth thing, the original intention was a crushing death or a smashing against a wall. Mm-hmm. That was the filmed intention. Mm-hmm. Yet it never looked good anyway. Yeah. So how are you having some of these deaths actually like look halfway decent and then some that are just really goofy and not not very good um i do i did think it was cool manners gets part of his face bitten off at one point during a confrontation um and he's left for dead essentially yeah Uh, and they bring that back in the second one the fact that he's wearing an eye patch the entire time so i appreciated that yeah and then the um well isn't he played by a different guy in the sequel too i think so yeah, he's played by a different person in the sequel. It's not played by the same guy. Because mm-hmm. he had all this... In the sequel, he's like, Jack Frost bit off my face and I had to have so much reconstructive surgery. And he's this totally different actor at this point. <laughs> you're like, oh, yeah, okay. Because they even mention Agent Man. Because I'm like, how does Sam not know who this dude is? I'm like, yeah, he looks different. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's not the same actor. Showed how much I paid attention to the first one. Well, you know it's a different actor because there's that music that comes in every time he comes into a scene, which is from like the surprise it's, prairie dog meme, like dun dun dun. It it's the i it's from iMovie, which made me think that like this I think this movie, the second one was edited on iMovie. 
I'm oh, almost a hundred percent sure someone edited on like a regular Mac using iMovie back in 2000, wow. like a power PC or yeah, whatever they had for that at the time. Oh, cause it, they overused it so mm -hmm. much in the sequel. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. Like the first one gets cheesy. You know, they're like, how are we going to take them out? Hair dryers. Yeah, that, that blew my fucking, I mean, literally blew my mind. Fuck. Yeah, but how's that going to work? You just heat them up and you melt them down, but he can reconstitute, and he does, he does, obviously. So what's the way to really get rid of them? Well, if I'm a sheriff, what I want to do is tackle a snowman out of a building and land in a truck full of antifreeze, because that seems like a really smart idea to get antifreeze. Nope, you're not supposed to get covered in antifreeze. It's not supposed to go on you. Yep. Like, he should be dead. Like, no one sh if you got covered in that, you're not, you're, no. But Rob, how else are we going to get their DNA blended for the justification in the second movie somehow? Well, spoiler alert, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, if, if all of this didn't seem crazy enough to you, it turns out that because Jack was killed by dissolving an antifreeze and then being put into these bottles and then buried underground... But but even like even before that, when the doctor guy gets the um, because we didn't go over the doctor's death, right? The guy. Oh, and we didn't go over stone. when uh, the water's coming into the car, and he doesn't want his son to touch it either. Oh yeah, and he's like, "Don't touch the water," and then Jack just appears behind him, and I'm like, "Just open the door of the car and get out." And he's like, "I've frozen the car. I've frozen the locks," and then he kicks out the window and jumps out, and. uh when Stone ends up getting taken out, he tries to stop Jack and he's like, I can help you with all this and I can, I can, you know, do all this. Or it's like, what's it like to have cheated death? So then you see Stone walk out and he's got this giant bulbous neck. Oh, like, it's very men in black, yeah. like very. trying to wear a suit of someone. He comes out and he tries to be normal and he's moving. And he's like, ah, oh, fuck it. And he just projectile vomits out um, mm. all of himself. Carrot yeah. and uh, Cole eyes included. So. Yeah. I actually enjoyed that. I thought that was very silly. Yeah, I did actually like when um, Marsha Clark's character pulls the scarf and she's like, oh, what's this scarf doing here? And it's in a puddle and she pulls it and the second she pulls it up around her neck, Jack's there. Like yeah. reconstituted as a snowman behind her. I'm like, Okay, it's dumb, but I get it, and it's kind of quirky, and it's a little fun with what they're doing, mm -hmm. but this movie's all over the place. Oh, my God, yeah. Like, nothing about it is is locked down at all. Mm -hmm. um, and oh, there's the really part where um, they're in the antifreeze, and Jack starts to try to mold himself onto the sun or something? Yeah, yeah, he's trying to, like, he's trying to, like, get the sun or something. Yeah, it's very yeah. weird. Yeah, it was fucking weird. Yeah, Jack. Well, because they figure out the first time that he can he can be damaged by antifreeze. Oh no, it's because okay. So all of this occurred because the sun is crazy, and I forgot that the sun made these oats. Now oh, the sun God, was making food. That. This is imperative. I don't know how we forgot about this. So the sun <laughs> was making all this stuff in the beginning. Yeah. He was making these. He's like, I made you stuff, Dad. I made all this stuff for you, and he's like, Cool. Scoop it into this bag. 
yeah, no, give me more. And the wife's like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, no, it's cool. Um, and he takes it and he was about to throw it away. And he hears the voice of his kid going, but I made those oats for you special, dad. And he's like, damn it, I'll take this baggie. Well, as they're escaping out of the car, he throws the oats into Jack's face. Mm-hmm. And Jack's screaming and it's melting and you're seeing blood and stuff. And he's actually like, it's, it's very like when Chucky starts to turn human and the doll is now fleshy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is weird for a snowman to turn fleshy, but okay. And he goes, what's in those oats? <laughs> and the kid goes, I'm sorry, daddy. I was just trying to help. I knew it was so cold out there. So I put antifreeze in there to keep you warm. <laughs> What a dumb fucking kid. He almost killed his dad. Yeah. He straight up. Yeah. If he, if that dad had been like, you know what, I'm going to eat this. I'm going to do this for you, son. He'd be dead. Mm-hmm. He'd be, in, or at least like poison yeah. control. And now he's just thrilled. He's like, are you mad at me? He's like, no, no, I'm not. And he's so happy. And that's when he gets his buddy uh, to, to go fill his truck up with mm-hmm. antifreeze. And he's going to he's going to get Jack in there and they wrestle in the antifreeze once he tackles him out. Mm-hmm. And it's real dumb. It's yeah. real dumb. And then we get a sequel. <laughs> That's even dumber in every conceivable way. Yeah, because first off, who dug him up? I don't even know who those two guys were. They don't even explain who they who dug him up and why. So in the beginning, he's getting dug up, but I felt like it sounded like Manners. I thought like Manners had dug him up or something, and this was all some big thing. And I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. But I guess it's not meant to, because Jack is, uh, they, they've experimented on him. Oh, no, he's in a laboratory, right? He's in like a facility yeah. beginning. Yeah. So the scientist or someone from a facility has taken him, so we don't even know why. Mm-hmm. Um, or who has taken him, mm-hmm. but he gets knocked over and escapes. Yeah, but before that, before we even get to the laboratory, we see um, the sci- the psychiatrist that, um, oh my oh, gosh, that the main guy, Sam, is talking to, trying to get over what happened with Jack Frost, and the psychiatrist is such a shitty psychiatrist, he has Sam on speakerphone. While the secretary, yep. a random construction worker, and a nurse are all laughing at the things Sam is saying. It, and it's not even like what he's saying is actually funny. Mm-hmm. It's not. Mm-hmm. What he's saying is like, oh, this is, I mean, is kind of weird. But they're laughing at everything like it's the dumbest, funniest thing they've ever heard. And they keep mm-hmm. gathering people around for this gossip thing of him like speaker phoning it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this doctor fucking sucks. And even the doctor starts laughing. And it's like, I would even say that the first one with the creepy uncle story, I would rather that than how we got this. Because we were getting this shitty exposition from Sam in the beginning Mm -hmm. that is literally him recapping the first movie. Yeah. And everything he even said in the first movie. Mm -hmm. Um. And what then is it with we, movies we watch and psychiatrists that share way too much with the public? It's bad writing. Mm, yeah. I, I mean, if we're watching bad movies or B movies that are, they're not going to be scientifically accurate, and they're yeah. probably going to hit a lot of the same tropes mm. like this. 
That doctor sucked, though. And then what the fuck is this opening song? This super happy Christmassy thing that does not fit with this movie at all. Yes, I even wrote down a line from it because I liked it. And it was like, if you don't think Frosty's nipping, then baby, you don't know Jack. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, well, this is bad. This is bad because it's like a theme song almost for him, but not a good one, like too upbeat. And also in the beginning, when they're doing check marks on stuff, did you notice that he's doing them in reverse? It's a reverse check mark. I've never seen someone make check marks in reverse. I didn't notice that. Oh my gosh. He was doing it because he's left handed. I'm like, I'm left handed, but I don't go check and then the opposite way. I'm like, that's that's what a lunatic does. But apparently that's what the scientists that are studying uh, Jack have been doing. So obviously, I guess it makes a lot of sense in this crazy ass backwards world. (laughs) I am also left handed. But the Jack, all the the thing that happens that makes Jack alive again, and this guy goes in to clean the laboratory, and one of the scientists left his coffee cup. I don't know what's in the cup. I think it's coffee. I don't know, but it's sitting on across from where, like on top of where Jack is being stored. So then, of course, it gets knocked in, and I'm like, if you're a scientist, why would you leave that on top of that? And why is there a microwave in their lab? And why is the cleaning dude not paying attention to anything? It's stereotypes all over the place. This movie is stereotype the movie. And it really does get to that point because the first thing is the four main survivors from the first movie are all going to go on a trip together like a Bahamas, Caribbean's type island cruise. Mm -hmm. I don't even think we know where the hell they're going. I just know they made that black guy do a very stereotypical accent of like a Caribbean person. So I don't know. Holy shit. It was the most. (sighs) it, It is some racist shit. Um, this movie hits all of the stereotypes in kind of the worst way. Mm -hmm. Uh, and there's some stuff that happens that I'm just kind of like, so I guess we, we have them go to this Island, right? And Mm -hmm. before we even get to the Island, we are in the middle of the ocean. We don't even know why, but there's these two dudes in a raft who are starving. You mean Doug Jones? Yeah, there's Doug Jones and another dude in a raft. And Doug Jones, Doug Jones, which this is what blew my mind. I'm like, all right, so Abe Sapien is is going to die in a raft because he's he, he just getting a water, dude. Yeah, you're Abe Sapien. You can do anything. <laughs> I don't. That, that blew uh, dude, my you're mind. amphibian man from Shape of Water, man. You can you can do that. You played creatures, you know, but. Yeah. Yeah, this is one of his early films, or actually not even early films, because he had already done um, Hocus, Hocus Pocus, Pocus. Mm-hmm. and yeah. like a hundred other movies as uh, creatures and other things like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe not a hundred, but a lot of things. Yeah, he was already known. Yeah, so he has a few lines is is Dave, which I think those sounded like they were dubbed in. It didn't even sound like. Well, yeah, what was with that weird lisp? It didn't sound like him. It was dubbing. It was really bad dubbing because okay. I'm watching this scene and I'm like, this this just feels awkward. None of these feel like yeah. any person would ever talk like this during line or a line <laughs> reading. And yeah, he, they're they're fighting over a carrot that apparently was left in the cooler. A carrot, yeah, and of all things, right? A candy bar. The have, other one ate the candy yeah. bar. Doug Jones is like, I'm I'm eating this carrot. And they fight over it, and he throws the guy in the water, and the guy just doesn't come back up. He's like, what? And um, 
then he seems like he's going to eat the carrot and we get Jack Frost is somehow in the ocean and impales him with mm-hmm. uh, an icicle and then pulls it out. And then he says, oh, thanks. Thanks for the carrot or thanks for the nose. And I'm off to this island. And yes, I'm like, this what? This is just a pit stop on his tour of vengeance. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, how are you doing this? Because we have no explanation so far of what is happening. We don't know, except it's been a year. Sam has terrible dreams about it. And obviously, even his wife is kind of like, you need to get over this. All of it's over. And Joe and Marla are like, you need to get over this. It's all over. Everything's going to be fine. And Sam's still not. But they don't mm-hmm. seem to be taking it seriously at all that he is yeah. severely traumatized by this. Well, And Sam makes a good point. He literally says we thought he was dead before. I'm like, I get it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it, it takes a lot for people to actually believe that something is going on. Even mm-hmm. when stuff is happening right in front of them, almost negating the first movie. Because yeah. whereas the first movie felt like a movie, mm-hmm. this one felt like that made for TV Disney Channel style Nickelodeon mm-hmm. film. Like well, they this... even, at one point, they even have Nerf guns that you can tell are legit Nerf guns that, you know, were really big on Nickelodeon shows. Yep. And they make them do like uh, cocking sounds that no gun even makes a click cock like that. It's like, like literally sounding like that when they're doing this with a super soaker one, uh-huh. one yeah. time. Mm-hmm. It, so we get it's to weird. The, oh, sorry, go yeah, ahead. go ahead. We get no, to no, the no. island, right? And there's like this, this big car or, or something that took all the people who are coming to the resort to the resort. And one of the first persons who gets out in this thruple of sluts, like slutty looking girls that you know are going to die, is one of the girls that doesn't even have a name from Can't Hardly Wait. And as a huge fan of that movie, I was like, it's that girl. There's also a Gaijin with them, which I thought was. Oh, yeah. Who's the photographer who (laughs) they make him play that up like right at that one scene, but then not really afterwards. Yeah. Uh, it, it's like playing it up for like one or two lines. And it's like, well, that's, that doesn't seem like his character when the photo shoots happen or any of the other stuff. Like it's mm-hmm. very, it, it seems different, but as all of these people are getting off, um, and arriving at the resort, we're introduced to Bobby. Uh, and he's mm-hmm. the one who they give the awful Caribbean accent to mm-hmm. and Colonel Hickering, who is this crazy old dude who is essentially Captain Exposition. Or Mm -hmm. I would say Colonel Exposition because we have Captain Fun, who is Mm -hmm. this sunburned goober, basically. Like, this guy's a goof the entire time, but apparently he's more than that. It's all been undercover the entire time, and he's really super advanced or whatever. He's not. He's an idiot. But he's he's so committed to it. He very much reminds me of Arnie from Pete and Pete. Strongest yeah. man in the world. Very much that. Oh, yeah. He definitely has has that type of feel to him. It's very over the top. And that's what makes this, like, all these characters feel like caricatures. They don't yeah, feel like characters anymore. Oh mm-hmm. That they're parodies on certain tropes. And that's all they are. And that's yep. what this is. And that's why it totally has that feel to it. Uh, somehow it feels like there's even lower budget in this movie, mm-hmm. even though they have CG effects that are really bad. At least um, you get to see but, Jack Frost more, I guess. <laughs> and they up the gore 
If yeah, you're maybe. seeing the unrated version, I started watching this on um, Voodoo, and I had seen like um, Carnage Counts and stuff for this before. And to see, like, I'm like, oh, this is kind of gory. I'll actually have to check this out. And then as I'm watching, I'm like, why is none of this on there? And then I realized there's an unrated version that I just happen to find on YouTube mm -hmm. uh, through FilmRise or whatever. They have the free version of that on there. That's why I sent it to you. And I'm like, this is the unrated version. If you're going to watch anything, because this, this is terrible, but it's it's very gory, mm -hmm. which makes it. That's what makes this strange. That's what makes this this feel like such a strange thing because it's mm -hmm. like if Nickelodeon made a horror movie. Yeah, it, it did feel like the mid nineties. Yeah. I think one of my favorite scenes uh, that that is so dumb, but it's so typical, is these three girls that I have dubbed the Thruplet because I'm terrible. Is um they're at the bar right, and Caribbean. I'm just gonna call Bobby. That's his name. Caribbean Bobby is making drinks for them. And they're like, we've got to find some guys to fuck, you know, that kind of thing. And then they're looking at different parts of the room and trying to pick people out. And then um, but they can't find anyone. And on the third try, of course, Bobby's like, I think over there is what you're looking for, ladies. And it's just these two guys with the dumbest looks on their faces, just moving their head back and forth, like even even dumber version of Bill and Ted. And with the yeah. spiked up 90s hair. And it just amused me to no end. Well, the weird part is these girls are expecting the guys to show up and they're like, well, there's more of us than them. And they're acting like guys, how guys would act, because this was written by a guy. So he obviously thinks that women are just like guys and say the exact same things. No, it is literally the most basic trash generic conversation of I'm going to go with this guy. Well, there's only so many or there's two of them and three of us. So I'm getting him. And it's like, well, you can't call him. Well, I am so garbage. And then one of the girl, I guess they, Shonda they do the Far is her name. The brunette okay. that leaves first. Yeah. Her name is Shonda Far. And the reason I know this is because I am such with Buffy, the vampire slayer. And in episode 511, Made to Love You, she, um, shut up, or 517, <laughs> sorry. She, she is, <laughs> she is a robot girlfriend of one of the bad guys of the series that he builds himself named April. Oh, so she always you, plays uh, a caricature. Yeah. Yeah, and she gets killed by a snow anvil. Yeah, and actually, the guy who she was the the boyfriend of that in didn't he win like what? He's an he's an Academy Award winning writer now. I think he Are you wrote talking about Adam Bush. No. Oh, you're talking about in this movie? No, I'm talking about in Buffy the Vampire. Yeah, Slayer. that's Adam Bush. Is his name? Oh, Adam Bush. Okay. Uh huh. I've um, met him, by the way. Really? Yeah, I was at the Dead Sea Scroll exhibit in San Diego, and I met him and Amber Benson, who plays Tara, at the exhibit. I screamed, and they said, shh, it's a museum. Huh. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, well, yeah, he was uh, he was in the show a lot in Buffy, right? Yeah, yeah, Warren, Warren Mears. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Sorry. So... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. That's that's actually really cool because it is sometimes when you see some of these actors yeah. and how they kind of all tie together, it's like, oh, oh I met wow, Shannon Elizabeth too. Embarrassed myself, good and proper. Yeah, yeah. You had mentioned that before. What happened? Tell okay, us the so, story. Okay, so what happened was 
I was at um, some horror con. I've been to a lot, so I honestly can't even remember. And she was there at a table. And I was overwhelmed because here's the sex pot from our generation. You know, I grew up with American Pie. I grew up with Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. And I'm such a nerd when it comes to those kind of things. I'm so shy. And so I go up with a couple of my friends and I just blabber out. I'm like, you're so amazing and you're so pretty and I really enjoy your work. And then I go to leave. And then Shannon Elizabeth actually reaches her hand out to me and it's like, don't go, let me talk to you. And so my my husband drags me back and I presume to talk to her awkwardly. And then my husband embarrassed me in front of her because we're at her panel, right? And he is drunk. Because if you've ever been to a horror con, that is what you do. He is rip-roaring drunk. He can hardly form (laughs) thoughts. And he raises his hand to ask Shannon Elizabeth a question. And he's like, so when you're in Hollywood, is it weird to work with other actors? What he was trying to say is (laughs) it weird to work with people that are even more famous than you are. And is that overwhelming? But that's not what he said. And she gave him the, the, the most confused look. And I was mortified again. So Shannon Elizabeth probably thinks I'm an asshole. If no. she, yeah, not that she remembers. No, she probably thinks you're great. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know what's what's funny is when we talk about these these um, ties between actors and films. Christopher Allport, who played the lead in both of these mm-hmm. films, as Sam was in the movie Dead and Buried in 1981, which we were talking about recently. Mm-hmm. He was also in that movie. Really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So strange as uh, George Lemoyne and Freddie in uh, Dead and Buried. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's strange to see how it's like, oh, and he was an invader from Mars. What are the odds, oh. man? Captain right. Curtis. Yeah. Oh. So it's weird to see some of these actors. So I guess he he wasn't a lot of stuff. And then the weird part is, is Christopher Allport passed away in 2008 by he was one of the people caught in an avalanche because he was an avid skier and yeah there was an avalanche and he ended up getting caught in that and passed away in 2008. Jack Frost got him. Well that's the thing is that it's one of these deaths that happens that's ironic in the same way that the the girl from Heathers who said uh would you have a brain tumor for breakfast died of a brain tumor a few years later. Really? Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Okay. So that's it, a it's such a strange thing to see how sometimes there's these mm-hmm. parallels between and it's it's just coincidence, right? It's not like yeah. uh, it's not like Jack Frost was real, or, or was, was he? he? <laughs> dun dun dun. Which that's what well, they we do better in the movie. keep going with the second movie so people know how to kill him. Then yeah. So in in the second film. We get a lot of these the quick deaths. We get the photographer gets killed with this, uh, like, taking pictures, and you just see the Polaroids kind of, like, fall to the ground and him, like, stabbed in the eye with the carrot, whatever. It's really lame and kind of funny, but it feels kind of like a Nickelodeon-ass kill, but with violence or, like, gore in it. You know what I mean? Um, Are we going to talk about the Ice Cube nipple narration in that scene? Oh, my God. Yeah, I think we kind of have to because he's doing... A photo shoot. Well, the, I guess the, we, the girls who get killed, I guess we can do the girls who get killed first. Mm-hmm. And then we'll sure, go sure, that. sure. All right. So the first girl who you were saying, the one from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, she yeah. ends up getting crushed, right? Mm-hmm. So she gets crushed. Uh, we get one girl who's going to go, um, 
or one girl ends up standing up or going out to find her friend and she mm-hmm. sees that she's crushed by this anvil because he keeps missing with these uh, icicles and he's like, ah, fuck it, and turns it into a giant anvil and crushes her. So we're like Wiley Coyote territory. Yeah. She sees it, steps backwards onto one of those things, mm-hmm. and it goes through her foot, and then she falls on a bunch of icicle spikes. Mm-hmm. Dead. Mm-hmm. The third one decides she's going to go skinny dipping. Mm-hmm. And she does. So I was like, cool, all right. Mm-hmm. This girl is going to go skinny dipping and Jack decides he's going to freeze the water. So she is trapped underneath the ice and drowns. Oh, the Asian girl. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry. For some reason, I was thinking of the blonde, the brunette and the redhead from the the previous thruple. Okay. Oh, is she not one of the ones from the who? How did the third one die from the thruple? I don't know, because there's the redhead, the blonde from Can Hardly Wait and the brunette that was on Buffy. So I don't know. I'm confused. Anyway, all these people keep dying. You see people dying left and right Mm -hmm. through this because um, we find out that it turns out that the chemicals uh, and the antifreeze Mm -hmm. and Jack Frost, they all mix together into with Sam's blood and everything. So now they are connected, which means they have a psychic link to each other, Mm -hmm. obviously. But it also means Jack now can't die from antifreeze. Mm-hmm. It does not kill him. Why? I don't know. Mm, I don't know either, but that does give him a vulnerability, which comes into play later on. Because this movie could have been over like an hour into it. This guy just goes yeah. out there and straight up is like, hey, fall into this trap we have for you of antifreeze. And he's like, we're on an island. We don't have that. And he's like, wait, is antifreeze the same thing as coolant? Yeah. Oh, we have a ton of that. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And so he falls into it and you're like, all right, well, He's he's gone. I guess this is the yeah. end of the movie, and it's it's not because he's like, ha ha! I have superpowers now, and I'm not gonna be killed. And then he starts coughing, and, and when he coughs, coughs up, up a, yeah, a snowball, which they bring inside with them to examine, which eventually hatches somehow, and it turns yeah. into a tiny little snow person thingy. A really bad cartoonish snowball mm-hmm. that looks like a fuzzball, but then they make it animated at times into a mm-hmm. CG mess. Yeah. And he basically, the, the the Captain Fun Dude looks over and he's like, oh, he's so cute. Mm-hmm. And the thing ends up shooting a spike into his eyeball. And then mm-hmm. Marla immediately grabs a frying pan and smashes the snowball, but it drives the spike all the way through the guy's eye. So mm-hmm. he's very much dead. Thank so God. Trying, they keep trying to kill it. They keep mm-hmm. trying to kill the snowball. Sam has had a meltdown now. Sam is like broken, lost touch with mm-hmm. reality because he's oh, yeah. like, the antifreeze, but the antifreeze worked. What do we do? And this is where I'm like, dude, you sound like Fred Willard losing his shit. Like that mm-hmm. was the point where I was like, Fred Willard, bro, like just losing his shit. So his wife has to step up and she kind of becomes the leader, you yep. know, while her husband has a meltdown, which it was kind of, it was honestly kind of nice to see like the woman stepping up instead of the woman having the meltdown. So I was like, okay, I kind of like that. That's kind of neat. I mean, yeah, for the most part, I thought she was, she was solid. There's just some really yeah. dumb stuff that happens with how we figure out what could, uh, kill them off. Like they decide they're going to start hunting down all these snowballs and see how many more there are. Well, yeah. uh, manners has mm-hmm. decided he's going to go find them. He ends up in a room with probably a hundred of them. 
And that's when they tell him, hey, Manners, don't go in. Or if you see one of those, don't go near it. He's like, man, that'd have been nice to know five minutes ago. Mm-hmm. And Manners gets eaten. Oh, yeah. He doesn't stand a chance for Manners. Uh, one thing that I do want to talk about when they were trying to figure out ways to kill the snowman is yeah. um, at one point we open up and there's there's a blue waffle and a waffle iron because they had tried to press one of them into a waffle and it had a tinge of blue and I just am 14 and that very much amused me to see a blue waffle. Yep, yep. Uh, if you guys don't know what it is, don't Google it, okay? Don't, 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 don't do, do it. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't. Um, yeah. It's a very, it was, it's just so goofy and they keep trying to figure out, and I'm like, you guys keep using heat and you keep thinking heat is going to kill this, but it just turns it to steam and then it can come back. Mm -hmm. We learned this in the first movie when they tried to do that by putting them in the boiler. Remember, they're like, if we heat them up and superheat yeah. them and it's like, this is a dumb idea. He threw them in and it obviously didn't work. In this case, it's the same thing. It's obviously not going to work. But Rob, um, it's not like water has three stages of matter or something. That's crazy. That is crazy, right? It's totally crazy. But okay. maybe he's different because he's part chemical compound, which still it would it would pretty much be the same thing. Yeah. He they decide they're gonna capture all these things in, in containers and they start breaking up into groups to do that. Mm-hmm. And we start seeing these things, and it's this is where it's very much like Gremlins, Gremlins 2, because these little oh, snowballs yeah. are partying everywhere. Uh, you were telling me earlier, one of them has, like, a An spiked mohawk. mohawk. Like, yeah, and so he's, he's always like, drinking. Stripe. Yeah, just like Stripe. Yeah. And then the other ones are all just, like, everywhere. You know, they're all just acting goofy and making all their little noises. And I think one yeah. of them's name was Petey or something. He's because. <laughs> Yeah, one of them's like saying to the other one, he's like, yeah, yeah, Petey, yeah, or, or whatever his name is. Yeah. And they can't kill him, whatever they're doing. They keep trying, but these things keep coming back. And she ends up, th the wife throws this cocktail on it and it's mm -hmm. sitting there. And all of a sudden it's like little firecrackers go off and you hear pop, 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 pop. And then mm -hmm. it explodes. And the one's like, yeah, Petey, Petey. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then... You, she comes back in and she's like, what's in this drink? And she mentions mm -hmm. a few things. And then the guy's like, and half a banana. And mm -hmm. then you hear Sam go, I don't like bananas. <laughs> she's like, Sam, that's not the. Wait a second. I think I know what it is. Sam, you're allergic to bananas. It's mm -hmm. not, I don't like bananas. It's, he's allergic to them. He said and that he, earlier in the film, though. They were talking, and he said he didn't like bananas. I think that was before the costume party. Ah, uh, okay. So it's like they try to do a hint mm -hmm. at it one more time beforehand. Yeah. It's, it was like one of those moments where I'm like, are, are we really going there? Because she says, maybe when you guys bonded together, he got your banana allergy as well. Like she just put two and two together in like a sentence. Uh. And just wrap that up in a bow right there. And so they toss in the banana with the, the snowball and it dies and it bleeds out. The snowball bleeds out blood, red blood uh. from a yellow banana and a white snowball. Well, it's nice cool. to see the, the wife was full of ripe ideas. Ha ha! Sorry. <laughs> well, now 
they decide they're going to get all this banana stuff together and they're just going to go out and attack all these snowballs. So they get their super soakers ready and they start spraying them down with all this banana paste and all this stuff in there. Mm-hmm. And it's working. Like, they're killing them. They're destroying mm-hmm. them. And that's that's essentially what this movie is, is she's destroying them. Two of the, the, the two friends, Marla and I think Joe or whatever, they just run into the freezer because mm-hmm. they're scared. And then she's trapped outside face to face with Jack Frost and he puts up these walls around her mm-hmm. and then slowly starts to crush her in this wall and stab these icicles mm-hmm. into her. And I swear, if this were anyone else besides a main character, she would mm-hmm. be dead. Well, Jack Frost is super pissed at that point because he skipped over the part where what well, he sees his little guys and one of them is close to death and he picks him up and a single tear falls from Jack Frost cheek. He's like, you're going to be okay. So he's pissed. Oh, yeah. It's personal. And then he's like, he's like, it's killing time or something like that. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, I think that's exactly what he says. And he gets very angry. And then that's, yeah, he starts, he starts going on more of a murderous rampage. And they're just, you know, they're killing everyone around there. Like, we get um, the Kalatunga. Oh, yeah. We almost forgot Kawatonga. One of the really dumb guys that was supposed to go off with the throuple, um, yeah. he, there's a frozen pole. And his friend says, why don't you put your tongue on that frozen pole, a la the Christmas story, yeah? And then his How friend's like, but it'll this. be okay because I have this warm beer. And then I'll just pour it on there and your tongue will be great. But he, he puts his tongue on it. Somebody calls his, his friend away, probably Jack Frost to kill him. And then Jack Frost comes up behind him and he's like, it's okay, brah. Let me help you, brah. And he pulls him. And so well, he his tongue goes, stretches. Yeah. The guy goes, the guy says, yeah, man. He's like, all right, I'm going to pull kind of hard. And he's like, yeah, yeah, man, have at it. And just grabs his head, yanks. Yeah. Tongue is still stuck to the pole, fully ripped out of this dude's mouth. That yeah. was kind of cool. And then Jack Frost says, Kawatonga, dude. That's great. That Very funny. Michelangelo from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That made me happy. Oh, my God. I had a crush yeah. on Michelangelo. I had a crush on April O'Neil. I mean, come on. That's, it all makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that death. And then, you know, I, I also forgot about he goes on this rampage because, yeah, his little snowballs are now dead or a lot of them are. Yeah. And... He goes after the colonel. The colonel's talking about, ha-ha, we're going to make it through this. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he screams and a giant icicle comes right out of his mouth just like a spike. That looked super cool. No, that was cool. I like that, Dad. And then right afterwards, Bobby, Island Bobby gets his like throat slashed or whatever. That was kind of lame because it happened so quickly. Yeah, I was sad that Island Bobby died. One thing that really bothered me about the colonel Okay, so this was filmed in 2000, right? Uh, yeah. He wasn't around for the pet. He wouldn't have been around for the Pith Element era in India. He keeps referring to this, and I'm like, dude, that would have been the 1930s. You're not old enough to have been around during that. So shut up, you faker. Well, I mean, uh, he, he's everything he says is all BS anyway. He, yeah. He's like this stereotype of this just this guy who is just full of shit. And he's yeah. on this island. It's like, dude, if you're such a badass, why are you working at a resort on an island? 
Yeah, and then Bobby's like, what are we going to say about these 18 bodies? And he's like, food poisoning. <laughs> yeah, and immediately gets killed for being an idiot by getting the uh, getting stabbed th- up through the back and just out the mouth. That was a very cool-looking death. That was. Um, and then we get the w- woman who gets, like, permafrosted that he just yeah. freezes the entire place. Like, there are some cool deaths in this. Mm-hmm. The issue really with this is the ending is so rushed. The wife's about to get crushed. Mm-hmm. And then Sam, after being useless for the mm-hmm. second half of this movie, mm-hmm. all of a sudden has banana with a bow and arrow and shoots him. Uh, but his wife has been assimilated essentially at this point. She's, she's been crushed in there. Them. And we'll remember the the like the walls were crushing in and she's screaming. And essentially when he turns back into normal, I thought she had been crushed into nothing. Like yeah. he had hardened up and just turned her into paste. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, dude, you showed up after your wife was screaming for help like a minute later mm-hmm. to say a one liner mm-hmm. and kill him off. That's a shitty husband. Mm-hmm. Well, one liners are the bread and butter of the Jack Frost franchise, lest we forget. Yeah, that's true. But she I guess she doesn't die because Jack Frost explodes and turns into a weird foamy substance. Mm -hmm. And as Sam is digging through the foam trying to find her, he digs through everywhere. She's not there, bro. She's gone. Then magically she is there. Mm-hmm. Magically, when he has moved through this, and you can tell mm-hmm. she is not on the ground, she is she's there. Mm-hmm. And they leave, and the next thing you see is like he's carrying her to the on water, yeah, on a beach, saying how they're going to leave and how they're not going to do another type of trip like this. As he's walking, essentially, it looks like he's carrying her. And then he's going to walk through the ocean to get back home because there's no boat. And he's still walking towards and into the water as we get this voiceover narration. And the movie ends. Mm-hmm. And the movie ends. You assume that he's waiting for that supply ship they kept talking about. You assume. Sure. Don't assume in this film because <laughs> the first credit scene that we get is a really, 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 really terrible parody of Godzilla where it's these uh, Japanese guys in a fishing boat being horribly dubbed over, horribly dubbed over. And then all of a sudden you see a carrot fall on their boat, a giant carrot, a carrot that is like massive. So all of a sudden, I guess Jack Frost is now Godzilla. Oh my God. But then we get a post credit scene And it's a shot of the freezer door and it just sits there for a moment. And then it's just a still screen of of the door because you can tell it's a still shot because it starts getting pixelated. Nothing in the camera is moving. And then you hear, hey, hey, guys. Hey, Sam, we're still in here. Can you let us out of the freezer, Sam, Sam? And then it stops and the camera keeps pushing in on the freezer for another 30 seconds of silence and that's how the movie ends i did not know there were credit scenes so i did not watch him so they left their soon-to-be wedded friends in the freezer to die well there's silence after she's saying yeah help and then it just pushes in on the door for another 30 seconds not even oh like uh, oh we're gonna hold for like a five second thing 
I was like, did my player mess up? And I'm watching and I'm like, nope, there's 30 seconds left and it keeps pushing in and keeps pushing in and keeps pushing in. And then the title card of like a production company comes up at the end and I'm like, what is this? <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm going to have to go back and watch that. That's hilarious. It is a sloppy, haphazard mess towards the end. Like, what starts mm-hmm. is what could be a quirky, dumb, fun, uh, Nickelodeon-esque horror film, which mm-hmm. in itself just sounds really stupid and fun. Like, I'm down for that. I'm 100% mm-hmm. down for that. Mm, this It didn't really deliver. That's what I'm saying. It was like corre- course correction just in the worst way. Yeah, very much so. Although, I'm going to admit, I kind of preferred this version of Manners. I liked Manners number two better, if not oh, just so for the better. music. Yeah. Manners number two was way better this time around than in the first one, because it's like in the first one, they're trying to play some of these characters very seriously, like yeah. a little too seriously. And it doesn't really know what it is. In this case, in the sequel, it knows what it is, leans into it a little too hard. But for some of the actors, you can see they're just having a good time. And I think Manners, in this case, is definitely just having a good time. He was my favorite. I I enjoyed the hell out of him. Um, One of my favorite scenes, and it's so minute, and and maybe this is just me being ridiculous, but I really liked it. There's this one scene where I think it's all the staff are meeting and talking. And the main characters and a bunch of other white people are in the bar and nobody's coming. And they are getting irate. And they were like, where is service? Just all these white people not getting service. And then, and they're losing their damn minds. And then the people from the kitchen come back and they've gotten into the bar and they are drinking it and making a ruckus and have just done all these things that you should not be doing. And I'm like, that is some white privilege right there. And I don't know, it just really amused me. Well, yeah, I mean, that's basically what this movie is. It's just, yeah. it's it's everything you'd expect from one of those weird sitcom things where there's no consequences for any actions whatsoever and people can just do what they want to well she and elizabeth and her boyfriend break into the sheriff's house on a lark in the first one yeah i mean that's the thing is no can't do a lot of stuff that they do in these movies but that's why there's there's some charm to them and they're stupid and fun in the dumbest ways possible um there's not really I mean, is there too much more to say about about Jack Frost and Jack Frost too? Honestly, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's just some goofy stuff. Would you would you recommend Jack Frost or Jack Frost 2? And if you would, who would you recommend them to? Okay, I would recommend them only if you were watching them with your friends or somebody you plan on banging because you were with somebody that you plan on banging. They are going to get bored and you are going to bond over the terror of this movie and they just might get bored enough to turn off the movie and do things. Or if you were with friends, at least you can, you know, make fun of it and you have that together, you know? Yeah. You need it as well. That's that's pretty accurate, I would say. Um, Mm -hmm. Because... Yeah, the first one, the first one's stupid and the first one's fun. It's definitely like a party movie. I would say you have you have your friends over and you can just laugh at how dumb a lot of it is. My favorite character, I would say, from the first one has to be the coroner. Um, yeah. Just because 
his delivery of everything is just so utterly absurd and ridiculous, but he's so charming in the way he says it. Hmm, just a mitten. Just pushed one solid motion. Not more than once. It's just like, this dude's great. Um, and I would say, like, watch it for some of the performances just because of how how charming some of it is. And it almost feels like a competent movie until you realize that the killer's a killer snowman that looks questionable at best. There is something we forgot about the first movie that I'm reminded of is there is a joke that runs throughout the first movie that is said right before Sam kills Jack. And uh, what is it? It's um, what's the difference between a snowman and a snow woman? Snowballs. Yeah. And that joke's said like three times. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, it was done in a couple of different ways because the setup, I think, was different at one point. But the yeah. the joke was always snowballs, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh god, this is what we're getting ourselves into. It's this it's the type first of movie. Shannon Elizabeth's boyfriend says yep. to the sheriff, and I'm like, who says that to their sheriff? That's so weird. Well, he's also like, hey, how do you like my snow, babe? And he's just putting this really fake snow all over. Oh. Speaking of fake snow, in the sequel, when they make the trap, she's pouring potato flakes on it. And I'm like, did you just grab that? Did you just grab the set dressing bag from the back where they're really just pouring that stuff for snow? No, I was thinking something very similar. Yeah. And he's got like his whole little emergency pack of Jack Frost panic stuff that he's going to use against him. Yeah, it was it was absolutely amazing. Um, Then the. Just some of the weird stuff that was going on too, like when uh, what's his face? There's some funny moments in the sequel too. The um, the Captain Fun or whatever. Oh, like God. I have to say, one of my favorite moments that he had in the film is actually the only thing that I thought was really really funny mm-hmm. was when they're going outside in the snow. He goes, "Wait, snow angel!" And then he just lays down and tries to do a snow angel, and they're just like, "Come on, idiot! What are you doing?" But you know what? You have to say that actor gave it 110% that whole movie. If he was doing anything, he was being goofy and he was moving and he was excited, committed. Because he probably thought this was a movie for Disney Channel or Nickelodeon and didn't realize what he had gotten himself into until they're like, and here's where you get stabbed in the eye. And he goes, what, what? Mm -hmm. No, he would have been a perfect addition to Step by Step. I could just see him. Oh, yeah, that would be amazing. He and Cody could have been like best friends. I was thinking Cody. Yay. Yeah, of course. <laughs> they totally would be like best friends hanging out all the time. And then yeah. you'd have a spinoff series and we'd still have step by step. What a world that would be. Oh, it'd be so much better than than these films. Um <laughs> But I still think they're super entertaining. I definitely think that if you're down for goofy comedy horror and you just want to laugh at something or cringe and groan at something, Mm -hmm. Jack Frost series, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Bring a beer, bring a pipe, bring something, though, because that's going to help you immensely. If you're hoping for a good film or you're hoping for quality, nope. It's Mm-mm. quantity, not quality. <laughs> oh, great quote from an amazing film right there. Yep. I say that all the and time. Then... <laughs> <laughs> I, <do. laughs> I really do. Oh, oh. 
Well, I think that just about does it. I mean, we've been doing this for almost 90 minutes now, and that's really more than the Jack Frost series deserves. Both of them um, put together, yep. Yeah, I really think that's more than it deserves. And we really didn't even go into all of the crazy details that we could have. But you know what? Um, if you guys are really that hardcore of Jack Frost, you know, diehard fans. Yeah. Um, well, good for you, but we're not. So, <laughs> Kelly, yeah. thank you for, for being on again and um, yeah. dealing or watching these dreadfully amazing movies. Yeah, I mean, I love I love this kind of stuff. So, you know, keep asking me. I'll keep coming. Just like Jack. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, well, I think that'll do it for us this week on Oh the Horror. I'm Rob Holmes, and I'd like to thank my guest, Kelly Vigilante. Um, and until next time, just keep coming. Time to keep your appointment with the Wicker Man. And there's no more room in hell. The dead 